This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Join the conversation every Tuesday at 11 as we dissect issues that are important to you and your family. That's Relatively Speaking, Tuesdays only on MPB Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's filled to rushing. I'm going to take off my horticulture cap and for the next hour and just talk like a gardener. I am a gardener. And, and, and Java, I'm glad to be back. Good to see you, man. How you been doing? Caught you off guard there, yeah, didn't I? Yeah, I? I had to get my Come headphones on, together. You need to step it up, Mr. <laughs> professional Radio Guy. I had to get my headphones together. But yeah, welcome back, Felder, man. Glad, you, glad you're here. Um, I know you got in a little earlier this week, and I want to say I think you brought the rain with you, too. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a fun ride, trust me. <laughs> because we had, we've been sitting super dry for a long time, and it rained earlier this week. <laughs> well, you know, this is the kind of thing where, you know, Java, a, a little schadenfreude. You familiar with schadenfreude? Yes, sir. You know, folks, if you're not familiar with this, the German word for taking inappropriate pleasure at other people's problems. <laughs> and uh, Felder Schadenfreude, I got a lot. I walked in my garden. Man, I've got, I've got plants that, that outlive whatever killed the dinosaurs got kicked this summer by the heat and drought. I mean, look, listen to this. See if you can hear that. 2023. You hear that? Yeah. Crunching all. That's a magnolia tree that got killed by the heat. <laughs> you know, and they, they outlived the dinosaurs. So anyway, it's tough out there. A lot of people have been watering. A lot of people have been wringing their hands. I didn't do anything. I left. And my garden had nothing for three months. And I came back in this. I've got a tarpaulin full of uh, dead plants I cut down to t- Take to my branch pile, and um, I already started replanting. So I had to replant stuff in my truck. You know, oh yeah, you know, I, I brag on. Oh, I don't do nothing in my truck. My <laughs> truck could take cold and heat and blah blah. No, it it it, it got kicked hard by last December by that sudden hard freeze mm-hmm. again in late March when we had a late hard freeze and this heat and drought. You know, I've learned some plants that will grow in Oklahoma, which is conditions we got now. <laughs> Cold in the winter, hot, dry in the summertime. So, anyway, living and learning. That's yeah, what it's all about. Yeah, I don't know about. much that can survive, what, seven to ten days of 100-degree-plus weather. Oh, Oklahoma, <laughs> man, I, I lecture in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, you know, all the time. i got a lot of good friends, horticulture friends in Oklahoma. And unlike Texas, Oklahoma gets cold in the winter, like we do. Uh, they get some rain. But it gets really, really hot and dry, including all night. So we've been having Oklahoma the past year. <laughs> and, you know, I'm shifting my garden accordingly. You know, I lecture at the Botanic Garden there, and I see what will grow there. And that's just what I'm going to start planting more of. I'm not going to plant more stuff that freezes and dies. So anyway, not moaning and groaning. I'm a gardener. I'm positive. Next step forward. I've already replanted my trucks put stuff at the Ag Museum for a big deal tomorrow, and uh, that's just what we do. We don't moan and groan and wish for days gone by. We move on. Proactive is the word. Anyway, I got plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm really excited to be here. I got some real coffee in my veins, but uh, let's do what we're here for, and let's yak with folks about their gardening. We're going to start in Mandeville, Louisiana, and talk with Peg. Good morning, Peg. How are you? Good morning, Felder. I'm fine. Good. And you? I guess you're doing 
sort of good. But well, the, between the, bet- yeah, between the coffee and antihistamines and being home, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> so what's what okay. you got going on? I just wanted to thank you for telling me not to chop those llama beans, those heirloom llama beans last week. I said I was ready to just pull them up. And two days later, I started seeing little flowers. Now, I don't have beans yet, <laughs> yeah. but I was so happy that I didn't because at least there's a chance. It so. is. And, and, and we're having, believe it or not, a, a cool spell uh, starting to come in. You know, beans and tomatoes and peppers, they, they're from the Andes, and they tend to drop the flowers when it stays above 95. So as long as we have some cool weather, those those flowers can stick. Well, I'm just glad. So at least I got hope. Now, if they make it and I get some beans, I'll let you know. There you go. There you go. And I want yeah, and you know, some kind of weird bean. What was some kind of li- It's an heirloom. It's an heirloom bean um, from like a seed saver kind of place. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called Snow on the Mountain, and they're white with brown spots on them. Cool. Cool. How did they taste? Yeah. Have you had them before? Oh, yes. They taste really good so you plant them when they taste good That's okay well we got some other calls but i don't find this how do you cook your and do you call them lima beans or butter beans i call them both <laughs> how do you, you know, how, it, it, it said lima on the package so i said that but they're butter beans there you go the there you I, go <laughs> the first thing i ever planted when i was five years old with butter beans. So, so when so. they get so when when, when Java's kids plant beans in a in a can in a little milk carton or whatever like that, they can actually grow up and know how to do stuff. That that's not just something the teachers do to keep the kids busy. No, I did it in my own gar- my own backyard in Gentilly. I okay, mean, well you you grow up the Peg, you were raised right. Was, you were raised right. Yeah, my dad, my dad liked that kind of stuff. So okay. Well, if, if they make and, and you don't eat them all, you know, save two or three for me. Oh, I can save you some of the seeds and you can try them. All I need is two or three. You know, if you, if, if you can start it in a can, I can start it in a can. All righty. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Peg. I appreciate you. See ya. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. And, um... We've got a, a, a bunch of stuff going. By the way, Liz Gill, when she talks about the weather, she says lollygagging. Lollygagging. Yeah, she said the 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 the, the cold front coming in a lot. Some kind of weather front is lollygagging. Oh, <laughs> taking this time. <laughs> you know, between lollygagging and butter beans, we are back in the south. Listen, let's go down to Natchez and talk with Lauren. Good morning, Lauren. How are you? Good morning. Howdy. What's up? I have a Jane, a mature Jane Magnolia. I know what it looks like. As brown as it can be. No, it's covered, covered in light pink bloom. Okay. so is it dying? Is it no, the last gap? No, no, you know, in in you know, Jane is one of the kind of newer varieties of what we call Japanese magnolias. They bloom before the leaves come out in the spring, usually. And um what happens when we have a lot of stress on plants, whether it's from drought or, or, or heat or, or hurricanes, anything that beats plants up, it stimulates a hormone in the plants called traumatin, which kickstart tri- a survival thing. And we often see spring blooming things like uh, the Japanese magnolias, azaleas, wisterias, things like that that normally bloom in the spring. A lot of times we see them throw a few, few flowers out in, in the fall just from stress. I mean, we see this after hurricane beats trees up a lot. You see a lot of pear okay. trees blooming early, so it's just stress. Well, it had it. It has more bloom than it's ever had with the dark purple. Yeah, and uh, 
I mean, it's just it's just covered. So yeah. I was just wondering if it was dying or not. No, it's just so. under stress. And like I say, anytime we have a, a plants have a real stress, it throws it kicks them into a reproductive phase, trying to throw some some flowers and seeds out real quick. Right. Uh, if you haven't watered it at all, I would give it. One really good slow deep soaking. You know, you might need to, to set the hose under it and let it run. And then when it starts to run off or puddle or something, turn it off and let it soak in. And then come back and hit it a second time. But one really really good soaking will get trees on into winter time. Well, unfortunately, I've had surgery and I can't get around right now. Okay. So well, gonna, well, you have to, and I have not had any rain here at my house. Okay, in uh, my area, I've I've lost so. Nan, I've lost Nandinas and little Jim Magnolias in my garden. So I understand. Oh, but anyway, okay. if if you yeah. could, you know, at the very least, you look out the window and put your lip out and say, "Poor tree," because you know. In other words, I, I wouldn't go to heroic efforts, but if you can get somebody to give it a good soaking, if it's possible, I think it'll make it anyway. Though. Okay. Should I cut it back? No, heck no. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, and okay. y'all have a blessed day. Uh, okay. Hope you hope you get feeling better. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's slide down to Phil- over to Philadelphia, Neshoba County. Nancy, how are you today? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. I've got some milkweed I've been growing for several years. Mm-hmm. Attracts a lot of monarchs. This year, I've had a problem with the aphids on them. You know, and it, it, it the orange aphids, right? Yes. Yeah. They're, watched, uh, go ahead. They're, they're, they're really common, and they usually don't hurt it a lot. Matter of fact, believe it or not, hummingbirds and other other things eat those things, but all I would do is just wash them off and live with a few. Yes, I've been using a little uh, soap and water on them to wash them off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like... They were worse this year, maybe because it was so dry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything, you know, it, it, everything is thirsty. You know, plants are thirsty. Insects that feed on plants are thirsty. But <laughs> but it's been, it's been a good year for insects, believe it or not. But, uh, again, just live with a few of them. You know, they get really, really bad. You know, just bend that branch over in some, some little bit of uh, water, maybe a little bit of soap and swish it around. But, you know, don't try to get rid of all of them. They're, not, they're normally not that big a deal unless they're real, real thick on it. Okay, I've got the monarchs are laying their eggs on there, so I hope it won't be effective when they hatch out. Yeah, well, just keep in mind, you know, the dish detergent, a lot of people say, well, it's a, it's a home remedy. Well, it, look at the ingredients. That is a chemical concoction, even though it's soap. Right. It's not really made for putting on plants. But, um, right. you know, they have this stuff they sell at garden centers called insecticidal soap. There's a bunch of brands, Safer is one of them, insecticidal okay. soap. But it's not really a soap. It's a fatty acid. It's just called soap. But it does a good job of controlling uh, aphids and white flies and little sucking insects without without harming oh, right. the, the caterpillars. But if you can get a, a real insecticidal soap, it's not the same thing as dish detergent. But, you know, again, just live with a few of them. Bend it over, swish it in some water, uh-huh. rub them a little bit, and just, you know, ignore them. Thank you, dear. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks, Nancy. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All righty. Now let's slide up to Brandon. David, what you got going on? Hey, Felder. Yeah, I'm tired of fighting with my mom's front garden bed, and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> thinking about uh, doing something like a like a rock garden, and I've been reading about native plants that are you know a little lower maintenance than yeah. 
some of the stuff you get at the nursery, and I just wondered if you had any suggestions. Well, it's funny you mentioned I was talking to a garden center owner uh, just yesterday, and uh, and she's going to have me come in and do a talk on native plants. It's something I work with a lot is native plants. I'm, I'm one of the founders of our Native Plant Society, and now I'm on outs with them now because I like plants other than just natives. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. Some natives are really good landscape plants. Some are not. Some are invasive. Some are not. Some look weedy. So, you know, native plants versus other plants, there's there's pros and cons of all of them. So it's the, the individual plant rather than its providence, where it comes from. Uh, I noticed a lot of the native plants in my garden survived quite well, where some of the uh, exotic plant, imported plants, they did well, too. So anyway, here's the deal. You, you want to do like a rock garden or something. Uh, I've got one. Got, I have one in my garden. Um, you want to go with plants that don't need a lot of water, you know, in the summer, but can also take the freeze. But you also need something that's going to look good all year. Not because right. a lot of wildflowers they come and they go, you know. So uh, you mix stuff up. Uh, a, a, a tree, a couple little shrubs, some perennials, that kind of thing, and the the, the rocks. Uh, I've got a really good list. It's a short list, but it's a good list of what I call landscape quality native plants. Native plants that aren't, they don't look wild and they're not going to honk off your neighbors. And if you want to send me an email about that uh, it, to, to a fellowrushing.blog, I, send, I, I sent out one just this morning. It's a free copy. But the main thing is uh, the, when you're designing this, David, do the hard stuff first, the rock or the driftwood or the urn or, you know, in other words, make it look like something already without any plants and then add a small tree and a couple of shrubs and then a few flowers and build on it like that. And you'll end up with something that looks good all year. That and, sounds great, man. Thanks so much. Okay. And, and don't forget, you know, daff- daffodils. Uh, there's a little one called Tete-a-Tete. It only gets about eight inches tall. It comes back year after year after year, and it blooms in the wintertime when the native plants are dormant. So, you know, it's okay to mix a few non-natives in with it to extend the season. Okay, sounds good. Listen, I really enjoy your show. Oh, I got a question. You, yeah. are you is, it, is it your wife's garden, or is it something about her? No, no, no. It's 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 my mom. Oh, uh, your mom. Okay. Yeah, she's an avid uh, gardener, but in her uh, <laughs> how should I say it's advanced age, she can't get out there as much anymore. So I've been put in charge of it, and um, well, well, get, she just wants it to look good for the neighbors. But I understand. You know, I understand. You, you know, so it's a little bit of a curb appeal situation, but also. You know, I don't have a million hours in the day to uh, get out there and be fighting with these. Uh, well, you know, all e- these things. even if you did, you know, it becomes a full time hobby. But the, the the first thing to do is make it look nice without mm-hmm. any plants at all first. That's right. the first step, and then add plants one at a time until your f- mom feels good. Great, great. All right, I'll send you that email so I can get the list. Okay? All right, no no problem. Okay. Thanks, Felder. You know, Java, this is a uh, – they want native plants, they want pollinators, but, you know, native plants can look pretty ratty sometimes. But if you treat them as just landscape plants, choose not because they're native, but because they're good for the garden. Native is a, is a benefit, but it's got to be good for the landscape first. And that's some great advice that you gave, too. Real practical. Um, make the area – nice first without any flowers oh yeah As a matter of fact that's a way you can get away part of my talk is how to get away with wildflowers without honking off the neighbors you put an old wagon wheel or a piece of driftwood or a piece of fence and urn first 
and Did let the neighbor urn? an urn, you know, like a big old pot looking thing, oh. <laughs> you know, any any kind of hard feature and let the neighbors get used to that and then start easing plants in, you know, until somebody says something. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to say something. Yeah. Hey, you want to keep taking calls? We need a break or what? Um, Let's talk with Floyd in Clarksdale and then we'll take a break. Okay. We'll slide up to the heart of the Delta. Well, north of the heart of the Delta. What's up, Floyd? How's your cactus doing, Felder? Actually, cactus made it fine. <laughs> and my, my dwarf agaves, you know, uh, you know, my, my succulents and cacti did fantastic, even in the back of my truck. So anyway, they're, they're my hard feature. They're my anchor. Uh, what you got going on? I basically just uh, am enjoying my cactus. My tomatoes have struggled with them this year uh, like everybody else. It's, uh, it's been hot. It's been dry. The cotton's doing well in the Delta, but everything else is sort of dried out i put my cactus on windowsills on my patio and uh, keep them out of the rain that's usually more of a problem for me yeah uh, they get too wet uh in mississippi uh but uh have really enjoyed them this year they bloom twice uh it's uh it's been a good been a good year for cactus yeah uh, but uh, it does take a little bit of difference i bring them in in the winter time i've got some cactus that are uh, probably five or ten years old. Yeah. And, well, uh, now, let me interrupt here. I lecture in Oklahoma. I lecture in Tennessee. The uh, the the next time you're up in Memphis, uh, the the Memphis Botanic Garden. Uh, if you just pull in the parking lot in their parking island, they have an incredible display of different cacti and succulents, and a parking lot that stay out all summer and all winter. We got a lot of really good ones that'll take super cold weather. And hot and dry, so you know, don't don't keep just the ones in pots. There's some good ones for outdoors too. Anyway, uh, but like I said, my my cactus garden has done quite well this year. My my vegetable garden, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, welcome to my world. Uh, did you carry your cactus to the, that I gave you to uh, uh, to England this summer? They won't let me take plants over there. But I figure if it'll grow over there, I can get it over there. Just like a lot of stuff I see over there, if it'll grow here, I can get it here. It works out pretty good. All right, man. Looks like it's going to rain. Looks like it's going to rain today in Clarksdale. So, again, we appreciate you bringing that uh, back to the state, okay? You bet. Appreciate it, man. All righty, folks. Horticulture's fellow rushing, Java Chapman, and you know we've got we got so so many things going on. So many things right here. Got to Abram. It is uh, our phone greeter today, and so we're going to be yakking. With, he, you give him a call and say, put you on. We're going to talk about gardening. So between Java and Abram and all the other folks that here at MPB, I do have a, uh, a little brochure I put together on native plants suitable for landscapes. And a lot of them are just regular plants that we don't think of as native plants. They're just good yard plants. If you go to felderrushing.blog, and scroll down a little bit. It has a big thing that says, email me. I'll be glad to send you a free copy of it. It's ready to go. Um, before we go to these phone calls, let me let me mention a couple of things that are going on this weekend, including one uh, this Saturday. It's a big deal. Uh, the Agriculture Museum in Jackson, Lakeland Drive, right off Interstate 55, is 40th anniversary. It's turning 40. Turning 40. And I was there. I'm, I'm the only person out there who's there. You know, they, they built this little small town. You know, nineteen twenties type small town, but they also moved a farm. Every building on the farm, from down south Mississippi to the Ag Museum, right? And uh, they used to be a, a place where people piled their leaves and stuff. You know, it was a, it was a, a city dump. 
Uh, but anyway, I went down to the farmhouse when they're moving them, and I saw uh, I moved a a uh, china berry, a cedar tree, a fig tree, and a gardenia, and planted them in the same place when they moved the 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 that house here to Jackson. But we also started this herb garden. Well, uh, and it's been taken care of by Master Gardens and all. Anyway, I'm going to be there tomorrow. It's from 10 till 3 at the Ag Museum in Jackson. And they got a special thing. It's six bucks a head, which is it might be four dollars. I think it's four because four. of yeah, the that's forty. Right. That's that's right. Thing. It's usually yes. a six. It's four four dollars <laughs> a head, and they've got they're gonna have uh, characters, you know, in costume. They they've got all the farm equipment and the you know the the pennies. My granddaughter, who's two years old, it's one of her places to go with her grandpa, which is really weird. But anyway, this herb garden we started it. It's got culinary. It's got heirloom medicinal herbs. It's got a bunch of old antique flowers. Master Garden's been taking care of it, but we got it fixed up in spite of all the – and I'm going to have my truck and uh, Granny's Concrete Chicken. I'm going to be there from 10 till 3. I'm giving a talk at, at noon, a little short talk on heirloom plants. Uh, so anyway, y'all come by. Come on by. And uh, they, they have vendors and stuff like that, but I'm going to literally be planting and mulching and just knocking around this little garden. Y'all come on out. Let's just talk. Keep it real informal. And so. they also going to have what I'm, I think I, one of the things I want to see it, are the people dressed up for the period of the old town. I'm going to do that because the, I do that anyway. <laughs> I'm going to have on my my, guard, my overalls and my flat cap just like – and matter of fact, the tool that I use, and this is really odd, the, the digging fork I use in these raised beds is a digging fork that I got from my great-grandmother. So, you know, it's nearly a century old. So it's it, right on time. It still works, too. Still <laughs> still works. But anyway, that and also September 21st, uh, I'm giving a talk in Noxapater, Mississippi, Winston County. It's going to be at 6 in the evening. We'll give details about it later. But I'm talking about native plants that don't look wild and won't hawk off your neighbors. So we'll give more details about that. And in a month from now, I'll be at the max in Meridian, t- talking about uh, native plants and pollinators and, you know, all, how to have a nice-looking yard using plants that like it here, that were here before we were, that still look good. So anyway, that's those three. Hope to see folks uh, at the Ag Museum Saturdays. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, now, let's go to, I think, Pascagoula first. Talk to Dee. Dee, thank you for holding. How are you? I'm doing great, and how are you this morning? So far, so I'm just excited. But other than that, I'm, I'm going to calm down a little bit. What's up? Well, I've got a late flower bed that uh, has lots of grass in it. And mm-hmm. I've heard you in the past talk about not, you can't put um, grass and weed killer around the flowers because yeah. it'll kill them. Yeah. And I can't find any grass killer without the weed killer in it. Can you give me a hint? Sure, I can. If, if, first of all, you know, and a lot of people they don't want to use weed killers, and I, I I understand that, I respect that. I'm the same way. And I yesterday I pulled a lot of weeds with my hands, and it's not fun. But as soon as I pull them, I spread some mulch on top of the ground to keep more weed seeds from sprouting. See, so pulling and mulching in the long run, that's the, the best approach. But when you have perennial weeds, grassy weeds like Bermuda grass and things like that. There is a weed killer that only kills grasses. It works like Roundup, but it only kills grasses. And there's a bunch of brand names, and they sell them. Garden Center's got them. Uh, box stores got them. Uh, and just a couple of brands I'm going to throw out. One is called Grass Be Gone. 
That's the name of it. Grass okay. Be Gone. And there's another one that's called Clean Up. Starts with a K. But both of those, you spray them over the grasses. It won't kill iris. It won't kill monkey grass. It won't kill your daily. It only kills true grasses. Get this, though. It needs to be put on the grasses while they're actively growing. If they're hot and dry okay. or they got flowers on, it's not going to work. So it's maybe best to just pull what you can and mulch this year. And next spring when the grasses come up and they're young and they're vigorous and they're active, spray them then. That, that's that's okay. the most – if you're going to use weed killers, let's try to use them wisely. Yep. Okay, great. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, we got a couple of little rains, so it's looking a little bit around here, but well, we're still short of it. Well, that's what I did yesterday when I started pulling weeds. I watered everything first and let it soak in, and then the, the grass, the weeds just come right up. But, it's, you know, if you can't, you know, if it's hot and dry, they're not going to come out. So. Well. My problem is I'm 74 years old, and if I get down, I'm down until somebody's there to help me up. Well, uh, I'm 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 right there with you, sweetie. I'm right yeah. there with you. But at the same time, if you you know, so 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 you know, get you some knee pads and get to it. Find your t- no, don't get a teenager because they'll pull up your flowers. Not if I'm walking, <laughs> they won't. There you go. <laughs> anyway, good luck on it, D. Appreciate your call. Appreciate it. Okay, now let's slide up to Brandon. Talk with Cindy. Cindy, appreciate you holding. Hey, Felder. I enjoyed hearing the history of the Ag Museum. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a um, cool place. And by the way, so, it used to be a landfill. When we were first digging that, we are talking about 40 years ago, when you dig a hole out there, after about three or four inches, you start running into broken glass and pantyhose and all sorts of stuff. So we have to have <laughs> plants that are really to, you know, raised beds. So what you got going? What's up? Um, so... Um, in, I I always mow my grass high, like you say. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the season, is it better to have it a little high or a little lower? Because things like last winter, some of it got killed with the crazy weather we had. Yeah, we you know a lot of our, a lot of our grasses, uh, all all of our major grasses, St. Augustine, Centipede, Bermuda, Zoysia, they're they're from Asia. They can take the cold, but what they can't take is is being just completely cut down. That that cuts off their energy supply. So I would. What what kind of grass do you have? I've got the centipede and the centipede. I would mow it high. I would set the, the mower at the high setting, and I would throw the wrench and always cut it high. Now, you, you're going to hear other people say other things. I'm basing my information on what they teach in turf science at Mississippi State. And they say always mow St. Augustine centipede, centipede medium, but always mow high. Cutting it close is what a lot of people do because because they heard we're supposed to set fire to it and burn all of that. You, they, the people do what they've always heard. The grass... From his point of view, it says, leave us high. I hadn't mowed in a long time. It doesn't need it. It ain't growing. (laughs) You you can't mow something that ain't growing. (laughs) That's why I didn't know if it's better to just mow it just a little bit and take a little off or just leave it alone. Uh, just just mow it as it needs it, but you know, always always keep it in St. Augustine. Always high. that's the reason. You know, if you ride around town, you see a lot of lawns that are brown. You see some that are still green that haven't been watered. The ones that are green is the ones that have not been mowed a lot. You know, around the church and schools and stuff. The ones that are cut on the high side, they do a whole lot better than those cut real low. I totally agree. All right. Well, you know, it, it was really weird. And I'm, I'm saying this for, you know, not for you, but other folks. It ain't a matter of agreeing. I, I was taught to look at it from the grasses point of view, which is not what the neighbors want to see. 
Right. <laughs> Good well, luck. I don't like the I don't like the brown stuff myself. I don't either. By the way, my magnolia tree turned brown. My little Jim magnolia, and uh, it looks like it's dead. Instead of cutting it down, I'm gonna get me some glossy forest green spray paint, and I'm gonna make it pretty again. <laughs> I, I'm not making this go. up. You know, I I, I'm, I believe you. <laughs> but you, you, I'm not gonna paint it John Deere green because that'll look fake. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Appreciate Thanks you, coming. You bet. Okay. Thank you, Bye. Cindy. And now it's Felder Rushing with answers to unasked questions. <laughs> All right. You ready for this one, Java? <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, I brought me a little little blue bottle here. I saw that, and okay. I was wondering yeah, what was going on. It's a little miniature bottle. And I have bottle trees in my yard, glass bottles. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a long, long history there. But last night, uh, I went to my pub, and my, my beer of choice is what they call, it's a real ale, it's stout beer, the, sort of like Guinness. It's really, really dark. Tastes like coffee with no sugar. <laughs> and, 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 and I like that. But the problem is, the hops that they use make me sneeze. Okay, and I gave a good old nasal salute in the pub last night, and everybody said, God bless you. Okay, what does God bless you and sneezes have to do with bottle trees? That's the question. What's the answer? <laughs> <laughs> Used to be, you know, thousands of years ago, this is an Arabian folktale from 3,000 years ago about Aladdin and the genie and the lamp, you okay. know, and they had this idea that you put bo- glass bottles out, they would attract spirits at night. They would go in it, and the sunshine would come out the next morning and destroy the spirits. So they put these bottles out there to ward away evil spirits. Right. Okay. And this goes back thousands of years. You know, the Arabians, they they invented glass bottles. They invented bottle trees. But anyway, when you sneeze, people say, God bless you. Where did that come from? Here it is. The answer is the ancient Romans and all used to think when you sneeze, they didn't know about allergies or or colds or anything. They thought you were expelling a bad spirit. And they would snap their fingers to keep the spirit out of them, and they they would say, Jupiter preserve you to keep the spirit from going back in them. Okay. Jupiter preserve you became God bless you. So when you sneeze and somebody says, God bless you, snap your fingers, keep that spirit from coming out of you, or carry a bottle with you all the time, because both of them are there to <laughs> repel evil spirits. I don't know who's going to have a <laughs> bottle just on their person. <laughs> well, listen to this. The- <laughs> I do. Well, you, Some but, people carry a Buckeye seed in their pocket. I carry a little glass <laughs> bottle because you never know when there's a spirit lurking around. <laughs> you, never, you, you never know. You okay, never know. So there you go. That was an answer to a question nobody asked. <laughs> that was a good one, Feather. Uh, would like to mention again the Agriculture Museum is having its 40th anniversary this Saturday, 3 o'clock to, uh, excuse me, 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock. $4 a person, a lot of cool stuff. You know, the museum itself, the inside's got the old, you know, they got the history of agriculture in Mississippi. Well, it's really interesting display, world class. They got a nice uh, farm animal area. They got this small town. You know, you can get your real Coca Cola out of a Coca Cola bottle or a Barks root beer. Uh, they got the church. They've got all this, but they, they you know, they have the blacksmith, and there's going to be people there interpreting this stuff. From a hundred years ago, uh, and behind the doctor's office, little herb garden. By the way, I say herb with an H because it got an H in it. A lot of people say herb, herb, yeah, herb. and that's okay. <laughs> herb is the way the French say it. Herb is the way the English say it. D- either, either tomato, tomato. But anyway, I'm going to be there with my green truck with a garden in the back, which I've 
just replanted yesterday. Um, got my granny's concrete chicken. Got my great-grandmother's digging tool. I'm going to be spreading mulch and putting out a few little annuals for winter and giving a talk at noon on heirloom plants and, and, uh, and, and herbs. <clears throat> so anyway, you want to come by 10, 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock. I'll be there. Real, really informal. Look forward to seeing some of y'all. And uh, also, September 21st, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, on a Thursday night, I'm giving a talk in Noxapater at a church there, 6 o'clock p.m. And uh, we got got room for a lot of folks, going to show some fun slides, going to have a lot of interesting stuff going on. And then that Saturday, September 23rd, MPB is having me do a program at this Columbus Farmer's Market. I'll have my truck there with the plants in it and Granny's chicken. Let's don't forget that. Fellas, back on the road, man. You you come you come home man, and, you, and you get to work. <laughs> well, you know, it's either this or get a real job. You know, uh, you know, shooting a breeze about plants. What a life I've got, and meeting <laughs> cool people. So, uh, and and I empathize with folks right now because you've had a tough uh, year between the winter and the summer. My garden's had it too, and I've been gone, and I mean, I've lost some plants. I've lost some. Here's my magnolia again. Stiff and brown. Yeah, stiff and brown, you know, <laughs> and this is a plant that the, whatever killed the dinosaurs couldn't kill it, but t- 2023 kicked its bark. <laughs> I pulled that one out the last minute. Now let's go to Mobile and talk with Lynn. Lynn, thank you for holding. What's up? I have I have a sweet viburnum that I planted, I guess, about four or five years ago. And it just took growing, and it's now a was about, oh, I'd say 20 feet tall, 15 or 20 feet tall. And afterwards, uh, a couple of years later, or the following year, I planted another one that's growing well. Now I have about four or five out there for a privacy screen. This one, the first one I planted, has just suddenly just died. I mean, it turned totally brown with the leaves still on it. Yeah. About about three weeks ago, yeah. I guess it's been, and I just wondered what happened to it. The others look fine still. Well, here's the deal, and keep in mind that this is something I've seen all of my career, and I, you know, I, you know, I've been doing professional horting for over forty years. I've seen this over and over and over, and it's happened in my own garden. Uh, and here, here's the deal: a lot of plants can take cold, they can take hot, they can take dry, they can take rain, but it has a cumulative effect. And if the plants stay kind of wet in the winter, the roots end up being real shallow. Then it turns hot and dry, they don't have deep roots to pull on. So a lot of times when we see plants, what they call what we call brown out, you know, horticulture is browning out, that's, that's what we call it, turn brown suddenly. If we can rule out lightning, then almost always it's going to be a, a severe root or trunk problem that usually happen over a long time, maybe two or three or four years. And just one last thing, usually hot and dry, pushes it over the edge. You know, they can take this stuff, but they, they just get to, it's sort of like you, you know, you, you do as much as you can. You just, you're working really hard and all of a sudden one last thing throw, and you just go berserk. That's what plants do. So usually summertime when plants brown out suddenly, it's an old trunk damage uh, from freeze or root damage from too wet, too dry that builds up over years. And it almost always happens in the middle of the summer and it seems like it's out of the clear blue. 
this well, is this the way ha- you described this one perfectly. It's out of the clear blue. So I really don't need to worry about the other ones that are next to it or anything. Well, that, you, they still look good. Okay, but but get this. You know, a lot of times they've got this problem, and, and, and a lot of plants in my garden look good right now, but they're on the edge. They just need one more thing to push them over the edge. So if you can, if it's possible, you don't need to water these plants a lot. But if we go a month without rain, you need to give them a, a slow, deep soaking. Don't water. A lot of people water all the time. That causes more root damage. They just don't see it. But if you could give them a good, slow, deep soaking uh, once a month, you know, if, and when it's really hot and dry, that can keep them from going over the edge. Okay. Will do then. I appreciate that. I was just concerned. I guess that whenever I can go ahead and, and cut this one down and get rid of it and put another one in its place. I love them. They grow real fast. They do. And this, also this sweet viburnum that I have, I was told that it would have some really pretty flowers on it. None of my viburnums, which I got basically from the same place, yeah. have never flowered. Well, this, th- like I said, this one's five years old at least. Th- there's a lot of plants that, that the book says flower really well, but they flower better further north. Or if you're up north, they flower further south, you know. So just because a plant says it'll do a certain thing doesn't mean it's going to do it from Massachusetts to Mobile. So, uh, but anyway, keep in mind, you know, I've got a little gem magnolia, which has been out there for probably eight or nine, maybe 10 years. Perfectly well established, beautiful little plant. It is brown as it can be. The leaves stuck on as dead as a doorknob. So it happened to me, and I'm a horticulturist, but instead of cutting mine down, I'm going to spray paint mine green. <laughs> I'm just well, saying. I might, I might wind up doing that because it, it, it was used as a privacy uh, yeah. screen, and it's put a gap in the middle. And uh, it, let, it's let, a big, beautiful plant. Let, let, me, let, let me give you a real quick tip that, that a lot of people listening are in the same situation. You're not alone on this. Uh, you know, if you want to shade your eyes from the sun, you can do it with one hand put in just the right place. You know what I'm saying? Well, you can do that with a baffle. A baffle isn't a fence, but it's like a like a little billboard, a couple of posts with some lattice in between them. It doesn't have to go all the way to the ground, but just like shading your hand, you move your hand around to where it shades just the sun. Well, you can put little landscape features called baffles here and there that make just what you don't want to see disappear, but you can see under it and around it, plant a vine on it. That'll give you some. That'll buy you some time till your new plant fills in. But uh, th- oh, you know, it's good. it's it's yeah, like it's like a miniature it's like a miniature billboard. Doesn't go all the way to the ground like a fence, and it doesn't have to be big. Uh-huh. You know, just move your hand around until you see exactly what you want to hide, and make a baffle that that size. Okay. Well, tell me now, are viburnums uh, a good privacy screen here in Mobile? Uh, yeah. Would, they're, they're, other they're, than the weather we've had, will it cooperate? It will. I mean, they, they've been grown for a long time. But if you're going to plant a new one, keep in mind a little one will outgrow a bigger one if yeah. you dig a nice wide hole and loosen the roots when you plant it. Wide hole, loosen the roots, mulch it, and a small plant will get established and outgrow a bigger, more expensive one every time. So anyway, good luck well, on that. Well, that sounds good. I appreciate your program. I either, I listen to it usually on Saturdays on the on the uh, blog, and then but today I said I got to remember to call to do it on Friday. There, there so you I go. 
asked this very question. So thank you very much. All righty. You and I are in the same boat. We got dead plant. Got to do something about it. Appreciate your call, Lynn. Thank you. All right. Now let's slide up to Flowood. Talk to Owen. Owen, appreciate you holding, man. What's going on? Hey there, Shelter. How you doing today? Fine. What's up? All right. Uh, nothing. I don't have a gardening question, but I just had a uh, comment on the me thing and the God bless you that. Yeah. That and the other. Mm-hmm. The, uh, my grandmother's from Deep South, Smith County, and whenever I sneezed as a kid, she'd all say scat. Scat. <laughs> you know what? To, to to make the to make the bad spirit go away. Exactly. I I, I found out that they would say scat to uh, they thought you were possessed by the devil. There you go. I appreciate, it. man. I I've I've heard that too, but I forgot all about it. Scat. I've never experienced that one, but it makes but it makes sense. It makes sense. Appreciate that, Owen. Thanks, Owen. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Now let's slide up to Oxford. We got time to yak to Frank about boring seas. Frank, what's going on? Hey man, not much. Uh hey, I will tell you I grew up in Jackson and can remember when they built the agriculture center. I remember it before it was built. Yeah, they used to pile you know, that's where they, they haul leaves and, and trees, you know, uh green debris brown debris and put out there. Cause I used to go out there I started in nineteen eighty with the extension service. I would take my truck out there and get free compost. Yeah, we did too. I, I grew up going to the Mets place. Uh, <laughs> Let's go Mets. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I've got some board seed coming from uh, Baker Creek up there in Mansville, yeah. Missouri. Cool place. Been and there. Been there. Cool place. I want, will they grow here in Oxford pretty easily, you think? It should. Uh, borage grows better in cooler climate. I mean, it's almost a weed in England. You know, it likes a cool climate. The further north you go, the better it grows. But it should do fine here. Uh, you may need to put it in a raised bed or slightly raised up area so it drains when we have a lot of really wet uh, winters. And you may need to water the time or two th- through the summertime. But a lot of people well, grow uh, borage. I don't know if they grow it as an annual or as a perennial, but it grows. They're saying it's an annual yeah. I've got a lot of butterfly weed in a raised bed that's done well this summer. Yeah. I was kind of wondering if I put it behind it. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I've, I've, I've seen borage, you know, all my career. I've, I've never grown it myself, um, and uh, I, don't, I don't know why. Maybe because I don't know what you use it for. But I don't know whether it grows better over the winter or over the summer. I, I don't know. But um, – uh, and and I'm I got my laptop here, but I'm offline, so I can't look it up real quick. But anyway, I'd be curious to find out whether you plant it in the fall or plant it in the spring. I just don't remember. I'm seeing both. That's what I was trying to decide up here. Some people are planting it now in October. Yeah. Uh, well, and letting it overwinter. Well, B- B- uh, Baker Creek, they have good quality seed. Good quality. They're they're good folks. Uh, but b- they're proud of their seeds. Uh, what I would do is I would plant some now and save some for spring. All right, cool. And if you call all back right, next, if you call call back next week, I'll I'll know all about it because I mean this one of those kind of I'm curious about. It. If it grows over the winter, I want to put some of the Ag Museum herb garden. Okay. I'm I'm probably coming down to Jackson to the Ag Center. I I, I thought we'd come down there and see that. It'll it'll be fun. It's a, it's a cool place, cool place. Well, I'm gonna be there with my overalls on and my great grandmother's turn fork and my grandmother's chicken. So come on by. Ah boy, thanks, man. <laughs> all righty. So Java scat. I've heard that too. I forgot all about it. Somebody sneezed. People say scat. Yeah, that's a good one. Like I said, with the story that you told, I can understand it, but just. 
not knowing that story, I'll be like, why is she not saying God bless you? Yes, yeah. <laughs> the old nasal salute. You know, it, uh, you know, they didn't know about being allergic to hops and dark beer. Yeah. <laughs> or, or ragweed. Yeah, it was uh, just all evil spirits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which might be something to it. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, let's slide back down to Mobile. we got time for one more call, and we're going to talk with Gene in Mobile. What's up, Gene? Sketch, you do. Rat your tail's on fire. <laughs> you remember that part of that? I do, man. Wow. We were raised. Yeah, what I called you about was uh, uh, spider lilies or naked ladies or whatever you call them. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, the red flowers? Yeah, yeah. They're they're popping up right now. Well, that's what I was, that's what I was trying to I had planted some along my drive side. I had them for a long time in a big buckets trying to get them to bloom. I had about 50 in there. I yeah. dug up the, well, they, they never were blooming the buckets, so I planted them last year back in the ground. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to see if they're coming from my drive side. And that's what I want to cut. I quit cutting that grass over right now. Yeah. So now I, I guess you're glad to get back where you can understand what the people are saying, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I, I can say tomato and or, oregano instead of oregano. <laughs> hey, let me let me give you a quick thing. Uh, those red spider lilies, and that's what my, the hurricane lilies, whatever you want to call them, they put up their leaves in the fall. Looks like striped monkey grass, and it grows over the winter time. Well, they make their flower bud for the next fall at the end of next winter or spring. So when that monkey grass looking stuff comes up, don't cut it until it turns brown. If you need to mow your grass and the stuff is still green, mow around it because they make their flower bud at the end of their growing season before they go dormant. And so you wait till they die that turn brown. Yeah, that's right. what I was trying to find out because the driveway, our grass looks like, you know, that two strips of concrete just flakes in the middle. Yeah. And I, I can leave that, uh, go up and get by with it. And yeah. And going to talk about me anyway. So and, and, and something else you can put in there, you know, on the coast, you can grow this little daffodil called tete-a-tete, T-E-T-E-A-T-E-T-E, little daffodil, and it blooms in the, in the, the, the wintertime. Right, so you can plant it in between stuff so you have something to look at. But yeah. but but don't cut them until they turn brown because that's when they make their flower bud. All righty. That's been a little later on then. All, All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Ooh, Java. They Dang. missed they missed you, Felder. I'm, I miss y'all too. <laughs> I mean, this coffee and then antihistamines and getting excited about going to the Ag Museum tomorrow, ten o'clock to three o'clock, folks. Ag Museum in Jackson. Me and a green truck and Granny's concrete chicken. I'm going to be planting. I'm not going to be sitting there on a chair. So if you want to talk about gardening. You want to bring stuff up, bring it on. So there's actually going to be an opportunity for people to come out and get dirty. That's right. And if you got kids, bring them because, you know, you know we got mint and oregano and, and basil and all sorts of stuff. You know, that's a good way to introduce kids to, to gardening and through things that – that are fragrant that they can actually use. And we got a little culinary herb garden that school kids love. So anyway, between that and being a Noxipator on September 21st, we're going to get around, going to get around. Java, good to be back, man. Glad you're back, man. All righty. St- uh, stay tuned for Next Door, Mississippi. Next Stop, Mississippi. Next Stop, next stop Mississippi. Mississippi. <laughs> if you get a chance, if you can't make it to the Ag Museum, go to Farmer's Market. they got a lot of stuff going on. Chat with people who grow their own honey, who, who grow their own vegetables, who grow their own cut flowers, who chat with people who do this for a living. And if you have a chance to take a kid with you, do that, because it's always good to show them how to do what we do best. And that's what I'm going to be doing in the Ag Museum, showing people how to get dirty. See you all next week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you.
Thank you.